0: i Spaces Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Today on the Ether, Atom 2.0, the Cosmos Vision and Osmosis. A chat hosted by Tommy Shaughnessy with Sonny Arguel from Osmosis. Let's take a listen.
1: Hey everyone, we'll get started. Stay just waiting for Sonny. Hello, hello. Hey, hey Sonny, what's going
2: on? Hey, Going well. How are you?
1: Good. Sorry for blowing your uh blowing your chat up.
2: No, oh, no worries. What are you up to? Not, not late, am I?
1: No, just, no, no. We're just I think we kill a couple of minutes while people join, then we get started. Perfect. Uh
2: I'm doing well. Just uh, you know. Getting some work done in the morning. It's early there. Early day. Well, right, I good. just woke I just woke up late. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I'm assuming you were up late yeah nice i mean it happens to the best of us it, i feel like that's most people in crypto just stay up late because it's quieter with less dms yeah
2: <clears throat> yeah i mean i feel like real work only gets done on the weekends yeah like, weekdays are for calls to absorb information and then weekends you just act on it
1: it's like ryan Salcus's famous tweet of uh yeah <laughs> you're not gonna make it if you're not on the weekends." <laughs>
2: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like weekends are the only time that I can focus on, like, deep work.
1: Well, how do you split the time? Is it, like, some osmosis, some cosmos, some Twitter spaces with Tom? Like, how, <laughs> how, do, you, how do you do it?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the difference is between osmosis and cosmos. Like, I mean, well, the time that we spend on, a lot, a lot of the time on osmosis is spent on, like, just improving cosmos as a whole. And, like, so it's a little bit of Combination of the two,
1: yeah, no, that's fair. It is, it is a good mix. Well, Sonny, while we wait for people to roll in, um, I think it's probably helpful if you give a bit of your background. So I'd be shocked if people don't know, but at this point, but uh, that would help. Yeah, sure. Um, so
2: you know, I've been in crypto somewhat since uh, about 2015 or so when I was a freshman at Berkeley. Helped create this, start this club here called Blockchain at Berkeley was. Um, you know got quite a bit of you know grew it uh grew it brought a lot of people into the space and then you know i summer of 2017 so you know we were like really like bitcoin maxi and stuff at the time um and then you know s- summer of 2017 i was like trying to get i was starting to get interested in like ethereum and heard about it and so i was i decided to intern at consensus where I you know so it's a way of learning about more about ethereum and um it was cool i got really i, w- I wasn't like fully sold on it uh, there's things that didn't make sense to me but like i got really interested in proof of stake and i was like wow this is so cool uh and so i spent basically my entire summer just uh learning about proof of stake and from that you know i out of all the proof of stake protocols that existed i was like wow this tendermint one this one is this one's the thing, you know, this is so simple and elegant. Um, and so kind of re- reached out to their team. And uh, when I reached out to them, I didn't know that the Tenderman team was the same as the Cosmos team. Uh, and so when they explained that whole thing to me, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, and the whole Cosmos concept like that they were explaining, like, wait, this actually solves a lot of my issues with like, how ethereum was architected and it's like whoa like this is like the side chains thing that like blockstream was talking about but like they never actually built and so we can actually do this and we can like make applications for bitcoin um so that's kind of how i got into cosmos and i ended up dropping out to work on cosmos full time and so helped build up a lot of the tooling helped launch the atom chain um and then uh yeah. Then Cosmos itself went through its own little, uh, you know, implosion a little bit, where like the main dev team kind of like blew up, but it kind of like everyone's like found. Everyone was still so interested in working on Cosmos, so we all just found new ways of doing it, and so that's kind of how I started working on Osmosis. After you know, did a little bit of wandering, figuring out what, what I wanted to do, uh, and then eventually landed on Osmosis, and we can talk about how that happened. But yeah.
1: Yeah, no, totally. So I have two questions. The first one, I mean, why did you commit to like mentally to Tendermint so early, right? Like you saw ETH, you saw what was going on. You were pitched it, I think in a class, you know, the the blockchain club. But what about it? Like, was it an instant, you know, I don't agree with this because of X, Y, Z reasons, or it's just that it just didn't spark your interest? Like, why were you, why didn't you go down the ETH rabbit hole instead of waiting and then going down the Tendermint rabbit hole? Um. Honestly, I think it
2: was just because I felt this more strongly. About, I I just felt like, I was like, wow, this Ethereum thing, they're like shunning Bitcoin. And it's like, that's not cool. Uh, and I wanted to like build stuff that actually was, you know, I guess I, at the time, you know, Ethereum was not nearly as big as it is today, right? Like at the time, like, you know, there was Bitcoin and then there was like everything else. And I'm like, uh, and I, I felt that like, hey, if we're not promoting Bitcoin, like Bitcoin, Bitcoin is our like, shot at like um you know I, I kind of felt like everyone in crypto should be like focusing their efforts on like one thing and like i think that like the space itself yeah I, I i do wonder like you know imagine a parallel universe where like everything was still built on bitcoin somehow and like was promoting this one asset how much would crypto have been much bigger than it is today in our universe or would it have been smaller than it is today in our universe and i guess at the time that was like a you know i was leaning towards that which is kind of one of the main reasons and then also there was the whole thing with the dow attack the Dow the dow fork which was also something that like bugged me a bit where i kind of like thought I, so i was like very skeptical of the dow dow fork and i was like wow okay these guys are gonna keep forking every single time that like there's a bug or a hack or something," and um you know people like told me like no no that's going to be a one-off thing and we're not going to do that ever again and i didn't really believe them um i guess i was wrong about that it seems that it really was like a one-off thing but my my view was like wait if every time one thing has a bug we have to fork the entire chain that's not like scalable or, or feasible and so i think like you know we need a system that like each application can have like some sovereignty, and like they can choose to fork whenever they want without affecting everyone else. And you shouldn't have to have your system fork just because someone else's uh, thing had a bug in it and, co- and caused a fork. So by like by like partitioning these things across multiple uh, chains, that kind of was like, oh, okay, this is how we avoid the this like a global system always constantly forking.
1: Yeah. no, well, well, I mean, I had another question, but this kind of is related. So, I mean, you kind of didn't go into ETH because of the DAO hack, like chaos on the forums, what's going on, what does this mean for the future? But you stayed around with Cosmos despite, like, the dev team kind of, and I was going to ask you what happened about that, but, like, kind of the dev team blowing up, leaving, et cetera. Obviously, you guys are stronger now than you were then. But what what about Cosmos made you stay when there was like i guess not as significant as an event as the down cosmos but a pretty significant negative event and you still stuck around
2: yeah i mean i think that i mean those events are different a little bit because one is like a dev team like having its own issues while the other one was more like hey there was like something that happened at the chain protocol level itself right and that was like the community like the governance system of a chain uh making a you know in my opinion, at the time, like a faulty decision. Um, and so I think these are kind of like different. And, you know, really, like I said, I think the, the issue with like the the Tenderman, uh, the dev team was like, um, it came down to like, there were other issues, but it honestly came down mostly to like one person. And like, I think the way that like, it was just like a badly uh, structured company like corporate structure that like you know you had one person who was the ceo the only board member the biggest shareholder and there was like no checks and balances at all and that kind of was you know it made it untenable to keep working on the protocol through this one entity but i don't think there was at any point anyone who was like oh we want to stop working on cosmos everyone was still super aligned with the vision and what we were building we just needed to find a new uh org structure for how to do that so i I think yeah so I think um and it just took us a while to figure out okay once we have this new orgs new org stru- orgs structure like with multiple orgs how do incentive alignments work how does you know coordination work um so it took a while to figure that out but I think everyone was still like uh you know we were all just so mission aligned that we were all like willing to to stick through it and figure
1: it out did yeah no that's i mean that's a tough thing to fix right especially in org structure controlled by one person did it go through your mind though at that point that you know this will eventually be centralized this doesn't really matter on a long enough time horizon or was it that the org at the time was just frankly annoying having one person control everything like yeah, did the did the long timeline and the fix there help you at all, or or not really?
2: Um, I mean, at the time there was like, yeah, so I think like, I think we all knew like there was issues with the org structure, um, but it was like when, I mean, okay, I mean, I, I, yeah, like when when Jay started going like a little bit, uh, crazy, I guess at the time, you know, it it, it just made things more pressing of how urgently we had to solve this situation because it's like, well, if if this, if one person is just the head of, you know, the mouthpiece and head of this entire structure, then like, you know, it, it was, it was like an existential threat to the, to the, to the project. And that's why we needed to like kind of fix it sooner than later.
1: Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Is there anything like, was there one decision that led to the impetus to, to end that or or was it just like a culmination of things? My last question, I don't mean to annoy you, it's just interesting. Uh
2: uh-huh. Um, yeah, there was, a. I I think, jay went on a bloomberg asia like tv interview you know just your typical oh what do you think like the new year it's like oh what are your thoughts on crypto in 2020 or whatever uh and he starts going off on this rant about like how we need to uh combine christianity islam and bitcoin to save the world because the end of times is coming and uh we were you know kind of everyone a lot of people got really upset with him because like you know he was like tweeting a lot of like manic stuff from his own personal Twitter account. And his, his reply was like, well, this is my personal Twitter account. I can do this. And I'm like, but this time it was like, well, no, he was like actually representing the company on, on this like TV interview. And that caused like this, uh, you know, big issue with it. Uh, and then we were like, yeah. So, and then, you know, he was like, yeah. So then there was like, a lot, you know, some a lot of debating and arguing that happened after that. And that kind of like caused people to be like, okay, look, we need to like, find ways to like move out of this company so this one company is not the center uh vocal piece of cosmos.
1: Yeah, that's that's tough. I mean if you're that intertwined with the community, you really you really don't have a personal Twitter at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So let's chat Cosmos and Adam 2.0. I mean you and I were going back and forth a little bit over DMs and Twitter and obviously Adam 2.0 is is a major change to the network. It's being voted on now. I don't think it's past yet. I think you guys need 40%, you're at 28%, not sure how much longer, uh, that, how much more time you have there. But let's, uh, I I don't know where we want to dive in specifically, but I kind of want to preface it with Cosmos being a world of connected blockchains, and then Adam 2.0 sort of trying to make the hub the holy grail, so it kind of seems like a conflict. Mm-hmm. What do you think on, like, the vision versus the new token econ?
2: Yeah, so, you know, I think there's, this has always been a little bit of a contention within the architecture of Cosmos, where, like, we were building this, like, really decentralized system with, like, sovereignty of chains. And, like, you know, the point of the Cosmos architecture, like, even in the white paper, we we make this claim that, hey, there's, not, there's no single hub, there's no, um, you know, it's... Me- There'll be many hubs in Cosmos, and like, you know, and so that's always been the thing. But then at the same time, we were building this one chain called the Cos the Cosmos Hub, right? And it's like it, it's always been this sort of like very weird naming thing. That's I don't know, in my opinion, very confusing and a little bit like uh, antithetical to the whole purpose of Cosmos. Um, but yeah, so we, I think. Th- Okay, so my views on what a hub is in general, right? Like, Cosmos doesn't have anything instantiated. There's no central chain or token or anything at the core of the protocol, unlike other systems where you have the ETH main chain or Polkadot, you have the relay chain, or, you know, you always have this, like, core token or chain. Cosmos doesn't have that. What we are is this, like, free market of, like, chains interacting with each other and doing things with each other um and what a hub is you know in any free market system you have these like power laws of like right like you know some things are more are more used than others and what a hub is is like things that are on one side of those power laws like the more it's not it's not a binary it's a it's a spectrum it's like you know things can be have more hubby-ness to them, and so the calling yourself a hub is not how you actually become a hub, how you become a hub so I had this like uh meme that I posted the other day, which is like you know that like guy in the corner at the party like thing where he, and he's like I love they don't the no hub um, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like you know the way to become a hub is not to like Call yourself a hub and just yell from our rooftop that you're the hub. It's like you know you want to be the the life of the party. You want to be the one that people hang out with and want to be around, right? That's how you actually become a hub. And so, you know, what we focused on with Osmosis has been like, how do we actually provide services to other chains, right? We want to, you know, we want other chains to be able to pay transaction fees in any token. So let's start exporting our TWAP information. Let's start uh making it easy for them to swap on osmosis. Um we want, you know, we're building an interchain name service right now uh for the Cosmos ecosystem. We build a lot of dev tooling for the ecosystem. Um and so I think these like being this service provider for the ecosystem is how you make yourself more popular. And you know, if you look at all the metrics, like Osmosis is like, you know, at the head of the power laws in terms of IBC activity, daily active users, um, you know, all, all this, all, all this sort of stuff. So, you know, I think the Cosmos hub, uh, part of the problem was it, it, it still hasn't, it, or for the last like year, it hadn't figured out the application it wanted to build uh, for a while. You know, last year, it committed a lot of its energies towards building this, like, gravity Dex application that they you know launched and what you know they ended up losing out on you know it was basically like this like uh dex war between gravity decks and osmosis and osmosis ended up beating out in 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 that and so now uh the cosmos hub has to go back to like the drawing board again and like figure out okay what else what else can we build as our application to like you know make ourselves more used within the ecosystem and so that's kind of what the whole atom 2.0 thing is it's like a process of figuring out what is the application of the cosmos hub right now
1: yeah no, i'm i'm going back and forth on it i mean i I tend to think of things as two PVP, like the Cosmos or Atom hub, Cosmos hub, I'm not sure what you guys are running with, like can coexist with other hubs, but I'm just trying to think about this on a long enough timeline. Like is the goal that, is the end state that Atom becomes so valuable that all of these chains want to leave security perpetually, or is it, and pay fees to Atom holders who are staked, or is it that they'll do that and then once, an application or sub blockchain is successful enough, they'll turn off the spigot and secure themselves. And by definition, wouldn't that be like a net negative or how, how do we think about that side?
2: Yeah. So I think that like when new chains launched from the get go, they can go they might want to do like shared security from an existing chain or they might just deploy as a contract on an existing chain so this is something that like i think a lot of projects are doing with osmosis where they like launch as a contract on osmosis um because that's fast And then once they get some amount of product market fit, they can then spin off onto their own chains. And we'll, you know, we want to help them spin off onto their own chains because, you know, we don't want actually the osmosis chain to get too overloaded, actually. Um, There is this, like, so, but as chains, like, become full, you know, as things spin off onto their own chains, um, what I imagine happening is people, so I, I presented this thing called Mesh Security at Cosmoverse. Which is basically an architecture for how even like medium to large size Cosmos chains will still be able to share security with each other and increase the security of everything as a whole. So, you know, one of the big one of the big things that people claim about the Cosmos architecture of these many sovereign chains is they're like, oh, how is this going to have enough security? You know, you're not going to have as much security as like the L one model of the world, and I the the answer to that is that no all of these app chains are gonna you know pool their security together so you know you add up the market caps of osmosis and juno and axlar and evmos and all, all of these chains and you know you actually have a market cap that rivals that of like like top l1s right and so that's kind of how the uh economic security is going to come into the system so you know i think the cosmos the interchain security system of Atom, I think it has a specific niche, which is like helping bootstrap new chains of uh, like at the beginning. But over time, once those chains become big enough, I think they're going to plug into the uh, mesh security paradigm instead.
1: Got it. Okay. That, that's interesting. And the the other part of the proposal on the token econ side was, I'm going to confuse the allocator and and the other piece, but One item was the direct token swaps between the Atom Treasury and other teams to bootstrap. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure that out. So basically, Atom would be swapped with projects, let's call it one through 100. And the Mm -hmm. idea is that those projects would get Atom to sell for operating expenses. But if those tokens transferred to the Atom Hub don't outperform the value that was transferred to them originally, it's pretty dilutive to. Adam Holders, right? Because it's kind of like a venture fund at that point? Sorry, is that kind uh, of the right... No, it's yeah,
2: not like... that's kind of, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I think... So one of the things I would say is like... So, okay, so once again, it's like... A, I feel it's a little bit unclear still what the goal is here. Is it to be a venture fund? Or are they trying to make Adam be like the money of Cosmos uh, like, you know, what does that even mean to be the money of Cosmos? Um, but my view was actually more, you know, when I actually pitched, so a lot of this um, allocation DAO uh, system was actually off of an idea that I had like nine, 10 months ago for Adam. And I think the goal here was actually more so to get Adam it's a way of promoting Adam as like the money of the Cosmos as a money of the cosmos ecosystem and how, you know the goal is like so okay so, so started with like this um the cobra team like you know once pointed out to me that like you know they don't even have any atoms and so like why do they why should they care about the cosmos and so they pointed this out like a wh- long time ago when i was still working on atom and i was like wow yeah this is a problem you know i think if the atom chain wants to make sure that atoms are used more in the Cosmos ecosystem, it needs to expose all of the teams. In the, you know, I think the ICO system of uh, Ethereum in 2017 did a really good job at that because what happened was all of the teams in um, who are raising those 2017 ICOs, they were all raising in ETH, and that put a, sh- a lot of ETH on their balance sheets, and so they were all incentive aligned on like this ETH asset. I don't think that happened in Cosmos in the same way, and so. I think this allocation module is a way of saying like, hey, we'll help bootstrap new chains, but what we'll do is we'll like give you a large portion of the funding in Atom and in like bonds of Atom. And so by doing that, it puts Atom on the balance sheets of these projects, and that makes it so they're more incentive-aligned to help grow the Atom economic zone. So I think that's the real purpose of the allocation module and so you know we actually proposed this on osmosis as well which was you know at the time right when osmosis was launching we kind of had a choice of like hey what do we what do we want to make like the base pair for the ecosystem for for all the osmosis pools like we were thinking originally the original plan was to make Atom be the base pair but then we thought like wait a second like literally like <laughs> a couple of days before the launch we were like Wait a second. We can also just put Osmo as the base pair of the eco of all these pools, and and we're like, well, which one do we do? Um, and so we kind of actually launched with both, and then we made a proposal on the Cosmos Hub saying, like, hey, you know, can you guys put some incentives on these Atom base pair pools so that way, you know, if you want to see Atom be the base money of Osmosis, like, you know, just put 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 a little bit of money to incentivize this and like show some uh goodwill on that but then you know governance sort of voted the cosmos hub governance voted that down and so that's kind of we're like okay well i guess like the cosmos hub doesn't have any interest in like promoting Atom as the base money of you know osmosis so that's why we kind of like focused in on like making osmo be the base pair for all of the pools um but yeah so that's kind of like i don't know i think this is like an attempt to like okay let's go let's go back to that and see how can we actually use and part of the big um reason that a lot of people said why they voted down that proposal was it was use it was like using twenty percent of the cosmos hub community pool, but the problem was the cosmos hub community it was only asking for like i don't know one point you know so around a million dollars over the course of like three to six months or something which you know yeah it's a lot but it's I don't know. It wasn't that high of an amount. The problem was that the Cosmos Hub's community pool was just so small and is so small. And so that's what I think this whole Atom 2.0 thing is meant to solve was is, is that like okay, let's make this community pool bigger so that then governance can like make these strategic investments in order to promote the use of Atom throughout the ecosystem.
1: Got it. Okay. That's that's helpful context. So I guess going like doubling down on this question though, Adam will basically be given to teams in hopes that they're successful and their token is transferred back to Adam Stakers in hopes that it would grow in value. Obviously, the indirect benefit is the tokens that are swapped into new projects may not be monetarily successful, but they might help the value of Adam itself, right? If they're infrastructure level projects, wallets, things like that. If you were running this yourself, like, you know, let's go back to the early Cosmos days, you know, single sole owner here. Um, what would you do? Would you do this as a venture fund that's for profit for the on behalf of the Atom holders? Or would you allocate this capital as a ecosystem fund without the hopes of making money, but with simply the hopes of improving, improving Atom or Cosmos and the Atom token itself?
2: I would probably do the latter i think that the goal of the fund is not to be you know it's unclear why the best capital allocator investors will be you know investing on behalf or uh, of the cosmos hub community pool i think the point is more to act as this like ecosystem fund that's meant to grow the ecosystem around adam
1: yeah i'd be with you i mean if i was an adam holder i'd I don't. I don't know if they're mutually exclusive either. I think they could probably help.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I I agree. I think you know. I think there should be like a portion that's set aside for like you know. Look, I mean, some of these tokens, if they do do well and they do accrue value in the Cosmos Hub, great. You know, if the but I, I I would I would just say that's like a secondary goal rather than the primary goal. A big problem though, in general, is it's hard for these like things to invest in equity like you know we've we've seen this in like the osmosis uh community pool so like one thing that the osmosis grants program does is like you know l- some of the projects that they'll like um give grants to there's like you know there's a uh, uh you know agreement that when whenever whenever they do launch a token they'll like do some sort of airdrop back to osmo osmo holders and so this is sort of like a it's hard so it's like okay yeah you know the these on-chain DAOs and community pools—it's easy for them to invest in other tokens. Uh, but like, what happens when there's like projects that don't have uh, tokens, and uh, it's only pure equity investments? I think
1: that's been. Sonny, a- this is a tax and structuring nightmare for lawyers—or <laughs> not nightmare, but like problem to yes. solve. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I Well, I mean, you bring up an interesting point, though. I mean, if if the fund has to allocate to projects with a token to receive a token in return that sort of negates a good pitch to make this an ecosystem fund versus a for-profit fund because like ecosystem type grants shouldn't necessarily prescribe that they need their own token, right? Like, I, I don't know, like dev tooling or a wallet, like how would you, you can't tokenize all those things.
2: Right. Right. And so, I mean, in the Atom one specifically, it's a little bit more scoped to that. It's supposed to be, for uh, helping bootstrap new chains, right, and so I guess that's like that's a slightly different. That's uh, fair. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a good point. Um, so it is, I guess, it is by default more for profit than than ecosystem.
2: Um, potentially, right? Like, I mean, there's other way, yeah. Like you said, my, my my claim here is that you can do, it can be in a token swap, but it could be for like, you know, the primary purpose of the token swap doesn't necessarily have to be like for profit. It could be just to like better align incentives between the two. So especially if like two things have like, for, for example, right, like Osmosis and Axelar did a uh, on-chain token swap where, you know, it was in order to, so what we did was we gave, The Osmosis Community Pool gave one million dollars of Osmo to the Axlar Foundation, and then that helped the Axlar Foundation bootstrap their pool uh, on Osmosis. Uh, So they made an Osmo Axel pool on Osmosis, and then that helped them do that. And then one month later, which actually I think they're sending it back today, they're gonna they sent a million dollars of Axel back to the Osmosis Community Pool, and so. The goal here was not to like, you know, it's it's a one-to-one token swap. It's a million dollars for a million dollars, right? So it, it's not like it's this like, oh, this like VC style investment. It's like, you know, we're doing a one-to-one swap. But what it did was it helped Axelar bootstrap liquidity for their token, which Osmosis relies on for a security of our bridge. And it helps make sure that Osmosis is... The primary decks for this Axel token, which is you know, in, a, in our opinion, a token that is you know a project that we that the Osmosis community is like quite fond of, and it like helps us make sure that like both Axel Axelar holders have like sorry sorry make sure that Osmo Osmo holders have some exposure to Axel. So you know, it wasn't nec- the 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 primary goals of that token swap were not like necessarily like an investment in Axel. there was like second there was other reasons that we did that
1: that's a good I mean, point no no it definitely makes sense i mean if you do a one for one swap for a payback at a future date very simple no interest loan and the ev is boosts axel and cosmos i mean you clearly net out ahead
2: exactly right so th- yeah we're like this token swap is like Positive sum for both osmosis and axler so it's worth doing.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, one thing that I've been seeing a lot, uh, talking to teams, especially on the pre-seed stage side, when we're investing, a lot of teams are asking, "Where should they launch?" Right? You're seeing like I'd call them betas and you know semi mainnets from L2s. You, know, you have Starkware out there. You have Arbitrum. You have ZK Sync, which just dropped their new timeline. You have Celestia, which is all the rage, you know, disclosure, we're, we're an investor in some of the projects I'm mentioning to find on our site, have to say that. But then you have the laundry list of L1s, Solana, ETH, and others. And then you have, you know, launching your own app chain through Cosmos, right? I there's just so much to discuss here. I don't really know where to start, but if you're advising a team on whether to launch on a roll up on ETH or whether to launch as an app chain. How do you make that decision as a founder? Like, what are their, what are they looking for? What are their trade-offs? What's time to market? What's cost? Who's got the tooling? Like, what's the path of least resistance here?
2: Yeah, so I think, so I gave a talk at, like, ECC. Um, you can find that video online where I talk about, like, hey, here's all of the kinds of things that you can do with app chains that you can't do on someone else's chain right and so um yeah so we that's kind of like you know you you have the ability to charge fees however you want you can have custom code built in the node software you can have your validators run more things and so there's all these like benefits that you only get with your own app chain uh you know and you don't have to worry about like hey things breaking from under you you can add new cryptography, all these sorts of things Now, there is this question of like, okay, well, you know, what about why not just build application specific rollups instead, right? Like, and there's been a move towards this right now. So, I mean, the two answers to this are one, it's application specific rollups are way harder right now. So, writing the Cosmos SDK is just like, honestly, just the best stack in which to build custom blockchains right now. Like, Either you have to go, if you want to build a roll up to first of all, like no, I don't think any of the roll ups really have, have like the same level of like customizability and that like you get with the Cosmos SDK today. And you know, all of them today are really focused around building like EVM compatible things, which is, you know, in our opinion, just not it's a, the EVM is like a it has a lot of adoption, but it's just like very legacy design for how to build blockchain applications and it's not like. You know it doesn't support a lot of the cool kinds of things that people might want to be able to do with app chains. so there is like some tooling that's being built right now to be able to build more application specific stuff like you have like uh cairo from starkware and you have like you know i think the optimism team is working on making it so you can like with canon you can take arbitrary go code and like run it as an optimistic roll up so no, we're, we're hopeful that this stuff works because it will actually honestly help cosmos quite a bit as well, we'll be able to use a lot of that infra as well. But at the moment, the easiest way to like, move fast on building an application specific chain, whether that's a roll up or a sovereign chain um, is using the cosmos SDK, and that's why you see it being adopted by like, so many people, right? Like, every, you know all like, you know, you have Binance, Crypto.com, OKX, you have all these like big centralized exchanges. They want to launch their own chains. They use the Cosmos SDK. You have, you know, Wormhole. They want to launch a chain. They're using the Cosmos SDK. And so I think there's also like a, just a sort of a different type of uh, builder that wants to build like a sovereign chain. And like, you know, they want to have a little bit more control of the stack. There's some people who are like, hey, we just want to just focus on our contract and that's it. But there's like some people who, you know, you have like, DYDX, for example, who's like, hey, you know, focusing on just the contract, it doesn't give us the level of control that we need. We need, we want to go innovate at like building order books in the mempool. And so, you know, they evaluated the options and they said that like, you know, causes as decay is the best way to build that. Um so yeah, I think right now, really what it comes down to is like the tooling is like the biggest reason. And then as 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 they evolve, I think uh people are going to continue to want this, like, sovereignty on, like, hey, when, when you're building a roll-up, you're kind of, like, subservient to, you know, you don't have the ability to fork your chain as you want. Your settlement is, like, based wow. off, like, validity is based off of, like, how, if it gets approved onto this main chain, if the main chain halts or something, the, the entire global system comes to a global halt. While in the Cosmos model, where every chain is its own settlement layer, you instead have like, you know, any one chain can co- go down, it's fine. The entire system keeps running. And it's just sort of more resilient without these any central points of failure.
1: That's a that's a really solid answer, Sonny. So I guess the thing at a more basic Business side question that we get is, you know, founders come to us and say, hey, look, I've heard fantastic things about Cosmos. You know, we we know the tech is solid, but it seems like there's a gap. Like the teams have to be technical to be able to go down this path. And if they're technical, it's obviously a big unlock. Is there currently a consulting firm or something that handles the zero-to-one for launching a chain using Cosmos Tech for projects?
2: Yeah, there. I think there's a couple of people working on this. So I know the Saga team is like building a lot of tooling around this, um, I think. And I, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, I've I've met, uh, I met another team kind of in stealth right now at Cosmoverse that they're also sort of building a consulting firm around this. So yeah, I, I do think it'll, you know, with the rise of interest in the ecosystem, I think we're going to start to see more and more of these sort of like. Dev shops that like do it, do this. What's funny is like, you know, fun fact ThorChain actually started as a dev shop building Cosmos SDK stuff, and then they were like, wait, we learned the stack so well, we're gonna start go building our own thing instead. And in and, and funny way, that's kind of what happened with Delphi Labs as well, right? Like, yeah, you know, they, were, <laughs> they were consulting on like a lot of these projects, and then they're like, wait a second, we know the stack so well now, let's go start building our own things.
1: Yeah, no, for consulting was a great way to help us bootstrap Delphi, but the the buy-in and the learning and the econ is way better to own versus, you know, chasing a check of 20, 30 grand. So, but it was fun. Yeah. So I guess not to totally focus around token econ, but it's just like a personal area of interest. The other thing that I see with app chains is you guys are offering a real authentic use case for tokens for applications, right? It's no longer just staking for staking, which is pointless. It's, you know, hey, your token can be used as the native basically L1 asset here. It'll earn transaction fees. There's, you know, a value premium to staking it. Maybe there's liquid staking. Are you seeing that take off as a, a more authentic use case for tokens versus what teams have done in the past?
2: Um, yeah, uh, so, I mean, the concept of being able to stake a token in and of itself is not like a use case where, you know, I think applications have to get revenue from like three places, right? Uh, You either can get it from uh, application fees, transaction fees, or MEV capture, right? And so the uh, application fees would be like, you know, on osmosis it would be the equivalent of like our like swap fees right so or in uniswap if they charge like a protocol fee you know that would be an, an, an application layer fee so that's like right now apps built on other chains they can only rely on the application fees as a source of revenue while when, when instead if you have a app chain you can also you know transaction fees are a source of revenue for your chain and then also mev is a source of revenue for your chain so you know anatoly had a tweet a few months ago where he was like hey the only value of l1s is the mev that they can capture i, I disagree with that but uh, but like it is a major source of revenue for chains and like i think uh dan ellitzer had a good um you know tweet thread a couple of weeks ago talking about like how much value uniswap leaks to ethereum like how much how much uh, transaction fees and mev revenue uniswap has sent given to eth miners at the time and now stakers uh over th- by being built on ethereum when that could have been captured in the uni token itself and so i think yeah so by having your own app chain the, there is actually new revenue sources for these uh for for the tokens of these applications and i think that's actually going to be one of the biggest driving reasons why people are going to want to go build their own chains it's like you know instead of leaking value to some other l1 you know you can capture that all in your own token
1: why would and and i'm not up to speed on Anatoly's comments but why would he argue that mev is the only way to capture value isn't solana so fast that mev in and of itself is like less valuable there? Like The whole point of MEV on ETH is that it's slow, there's gas wars, you can front-run, etc.
2: Uh, I don't think the speed of a chain really affects the MEV capture that much.
1: That's fair. Okay. It's yeah. And you guys on the osmosis side are, are attempting to solve MEV a different way, right? I'm not fully up to speed on your plans, but I did hear it in a podcast you did, I think, a couple of weeks ago.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are focused on sort of, there's a two, st- two stages, right? There's like one, which is mitigate harmful MEV and two is internalize benign MEV. So harmful MEV is we define specifically right now as like the type of MEV that's based off of reading other people's transactions. So you're, you know, generalized front running or sandwiching or back running oracles. These are all like, what you're doing is you're reading transactions in the mempool and you're acting upon them and you're like, you know, causing, you know, you're basically extracting value from them through like, you know, sandwiching and stuff. And so this is like, just not cool, right? This is like a a, a privacy breach. And so the goal is like, Hey, we should like, what we, what we want to do is want to build private mempools. Using this thing called threshold decryption, where basically what it means is all the transactions in a mempool are going to be completely private, and they only get decrypted and executed once they've been after they've been put into a finalized block. So this way, you know, no one can really front run or sandwich someone's trade because they can't read the trade. So this is sort of um, step one is in the is in the mitigation of this harmful MEV. The step two is the internalization of the good MEV or benign MEV. So this includes things that are not dependent on reading other people's transactions, but rather just reacting to state and like, uh, you know, open knowledge of the world. So things like arbitrage and liquidations, right? Liquidations, you're not like front running someone else's transaction. You just want to be the first one to, to, to trigger the liquidation. Or let's say there's a, um, uh, arbitrage, right? Like the prices moved on a centralized exchange and you want to be, you want to arb them. You know you're not trying to you just care about being the first person in the block and being in front of other arbors. You don't care about reading what uh, their transactions are. And so this is kind of to do this to internalize this, we want that to be a source of revenue for osmosis. and we do that by like, um, you know, well things like running top of the block auctions, where it's like, hey, on chain, We'll sell off the right to be the first transaction in a block, or we can do things like actually build in in protocol arbors in the protocol. So, like every every at the beginning of every block, we'll like the the node software itself will run this like arb arb loop that will send the rev, profits from that arb uh, to osmos stakers or something like that. So, uh, and this is something like the skip team is building for uh, osmosis right now. So. Yeah, this is sort of our, our approach to MEV is like mitigate the harmful one and then whatever remained, we can try to capture that as revenue for Osmo stakers.
1: That's really cool. Yeah, I was gonna I was my follow-up question was gonna be that you guys have a lot of different stakeholders, right? You have you have users who want to come to trade on Osmosis, you have people providing LP assets for pools. So I was wondering where the MEV, and then you have like, I guess Osmo stakers, so like I don't know, we can call it three main parties, I guess um so i was wondering where the mev would be shared like do the users get a rebate Do the osmos stakers earn income and then do the lps in the pool get some of it yeah how, sorry how is the mev going to be split between these parties um i think that's a decision for governance to make
2: um but i think that like you know i think the goal is like we're trying to benefit the traders and the users as much as possible by like mitigating the harmful mev that 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 gets sent the uh the benign one i you know i think that is sort of like this like byproduct of the system existing and i think that really should go to osmo stakers most likely
1: nice yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean i'm sure you'll the problem is like on a governance forum is i don't think a lot of your users are going to show up for the discussion like Traders. I think the people that are going to show up for the discussion are the people who are LPing or or the stakers themselves. So it might be a little potentially lopsided, I'm not sure.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. But what yeah, so we do right now in
2: Osmosis is we align LPs with stakers pretty well because the LPs are stakers via superfluid staking.
1: Okay, got it. Okay, so their their interests are, are pretty much aligned. And I mean if they vote to be too adverse or not share enough with users trading, they'll go elsewhere, right? Exactly. It kind of hurts them. Okay. Got it, that's pretty cool. What's your, uh, a horrible question for you that you probably hate, what's your what's your timeline on the MEV side?
2: Um, so the threshold decryption side, a lot of the cryptography is done. Um, right now we're sort of waiting on the Tendermint core team, like the who builds Tendermint software to like, Uh, for abci plus plus that's basically like this functionality that we need in order to for threshold decryption to work Uh, so we're kind of blocked on that right now uh on the like meanwhile the skip team is working on our you know they're already actively working on like a lot of the uh you know mev capture stuff like so the first thing they're doing is called proto rev which is this like on-chain arbor that like looks at cyclical ARBs across within osmosis pools and then they sort of uh, ARB those and give that revenue to osmos stakers or so yeah so we, we're we're uh, moving along on that I think like to be realistic I mean I would say special decryption is probably probably you know at least another six months before we can start to see it live
1: yeah no that, that's cool and um, honestly I, I get a little confused between all of the splits on the mev side like skip is going to get some does the the cosmos hub get some on cross uh chain transfers and then you have like if using osmos there's three different splits so it is a little confusing to figure out where this money's going
2: so the cosmos hub doesn't get anything on what do you mean by like the cosmos hub gets any
1: on cross chain transfers yeah i guess that's i guess that doesn't make sense i guess just sticking to osmosis like, if you guys were to use Skip, there would be now four parties to share the MEV with? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so got I, it. In their proposal for
2: building the Skip, like, you know, proposed this, like, revenue shares where, like, you know, they start with getting 20% in the first, uh, I don't know, I think it was six months or something, and then it reduces over time until, you know, it goes down. So, yeah, they, they, they have part of the revenues, like, you know, the service provider... Uh, fee was in in that. But it's it's cool because like, it's as a share of the MEV, so you know, their upside is based off of how effective it is at generating revenue.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what the MEV market looks like during a bull run. It seems like we have dozens of teams work on MEV during a bear market. So, I mean, the revenue is obviously much lower now than it would be in a bull run, but I mean, the yeah. amount of teams that we're seeing building it is just like, I don't know how 50 teams can win at MEV. It just, it just seems it just seems crazy yeah our view is mostly that like you know at the end of the day i
2: think the chains especially at least with app chains they get to decide how mev works right like you know osmosis takes a very like anti off-chain mev like thing where it's like no we want these mev capture systems to be in protocol because when they're off chain one the protocol loses the ability to like you know, make ethical decisions, right? Like, for example, we could say, like, hey, you know, we don't want sandwiches or something, right? But, like, you know, off-chain systems, we can't force them to do that, right? Um, on top of that, like... uh, sorry, where am I, tra- I lost my train of thought, but, yeah, sorry. But yeah, I, I, you know, we, we, we do want these more on-chain systems rather than off-chain MEV capture systems.
1: Yeah, no, that that would make sense. I mean, these people have a lot of control over like value flows and transactions. So I could see why, why you want that. I guess to like last area of, of discussion, and obviously we can go, go to any rep you'd like, but I wanted to chat a little bit on Osmosis itself versus um, Atom2, but before we get there, the, the last point I had on my list on the Atom side was just the proposal itself not uh-huh. passing. If you, I, I don't, I mean, it seems like it's going to pass. There's a lot of enthusiasm around it. I, I know there's been some pushback on things like the Treasury and stuff like that. But if it were to not pass, what do you think would be changed to enable it to move forward?
2: Yeah, um, it's, uh, I mean, I think it's uh, only been up for, what, three, four days. So voting period on the Cosmos Hub is three weeks. So or two weeks or three weeks, I so. think. I
1: forgot oh, wow, that. that's plenty of time. Okay. yeah so it's, it's,
2: uh, um yeah, so it's you know, I you know I think more votes will start to come in closer to looks them. like yeah. two weeks, yeah November yeah, 14th.
1: Weeks.
2: cool, yeah, so I mean, on us most of us, the voting periods are faster, like you know, it's like five days, I think, so uh, but yeah, so because it's, I think this validators are just gonna take their time to uh, vote, um, there was like a lot of contention around like this whole Adam 2.0 versus Adam One vision that Jay was pushing. Um, but it seems that once the things went on chain, it seems like you know a lot of the economic stake is like backing the Atom two point stuff. So I, honestly, I'm not too worried about it uh, not passing. Um, I think that I think that the Atom one side they had like ve- some valid critiques of Atom two point or, or, or like just wanting more clarity around like how does the governance process of this new treasury and stuff work, but. In general, I think that it seems the community is rallying pretty hard around
1: Adam 2.0. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Adam team, Cosmos team, did a really good job of putting this together, rallying support, and rallying, more importantly, like conversation. I mean, you guys are coming off Cosmoverse, which was incredible. I mean, the presentations there were awesome, especially yours. Um, it, it seemed like there was a lot of okay. enthusiasm. But I mean, despite that, what is the timeline to build out adam 2.0 i mean this isn't months right this is years um i
2: mean different parts of it right like i think the interchain security stuff i mean it's already been being worked on for a while now so i mean they claim it should be live in q1 of next year so um i don't know well it seems like that will be much sooner um the uh interchain allocator stuff i'm not too sure the the MEV scheduler that seems to be like it's quite a bit far out. Like it, right now it seems like very much just an idea more so than you know even like a spec or anything like that right now.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, it'll it's definitely be built out over time. And I guess my last question for you is just on osmosis versus atom, right? I mean, you're somebody who has like uncanny insight over the last years, like more than anyone into like. Making a mental decision to hold and build Atom versus build out Osmosis and Osmo. Is there anything? I'm just trying to think of like the competitive dynamics between buying Osmo and buying Atom. And one of the key things is that Osmo obviously doesn't offer least security to chains. I, I assume that's probably too much of a reach for Osmosis to ever do. Or am I thinking about that the wrong way?
2: No, no. I think, uh, I actually think Osmosis will provide like shared security to many chains um i so this is kind of the whole point of mesh security is this idea that all cosmos chains will be providing security to other chains as well as receiving security from other chains it's going to be this like mesh security is this idea of like hey you know all these chains are gonna you know osmosis is gonna get security from the cosmos hub and juno and stargaze and uh evmos and but it's also gonna be giving security to all of these as well. So this idea of like um security being a hub and spoke single directional thing is like, you know, we just don't believe that's how the, the cosmos ecosystem is gonna play out.
1: Got it. Okay. So it's basically sharing security, sharing the rewards. You gotta look into that a little bit more.
2: Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, Osmosis definitely will be like uh a security provider in the ecosystem?
1: It seems like there's more of a case for Osmo than Adam. I mean, you have an app and a use case built out, you're gonna provide the key use case that Adam is providing, which is shared security. And then, yeah, I mean, you guys obviously have other things built out too. You guys build Kepler, et cetera. So yeah, I'm finding it hard to figure out a reason why you would go long uncertainty versus long, more app level certainty with what Adam will do anyway. NFA. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably arguing with the wrong guy here. He? But, yeah. <laughs> but Sonny, this is awesome, man. You're always you're always a blast to talk to. You, so thanks for riffing with me on this. And uh, really great job on your presentation and, and osmosis and everything you guys are doing on the Cosmos side. It's it's awesome to watch and see after all these years. And I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Cool. All right we'll chat soon my dude I'm always around. Thanks. Bye.
0: Coach. Cool. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Atom 2.0, The Cosmos Vision and Osmosis, a chat hosted by Tommy Shaughnessy with Sonny Arguel. Recorded on Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspacesorg slash donate and show some support. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards Who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked Feels like I've been getting my masters Fuck a pump and I like the income that's past it Raise up the bar before I fly right past it I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket Oh man, shit, put the lotion on its skin Then put that shit back in the damn basket Like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors. Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes, and take the rest and turn them into free bait. Upgrade the feelin', supply the free base. Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase. Running on empty from gassing up my teammates. First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes. Now places the lotion in the basket. <laughs> 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 the and impossible. Defending the plausible from to demonstrable. The mission isn't even worried about the clearance. Running interference till our enemies fear us. We're only one disappearance away from a bad day. Everybody trying to save face on the last day. Feeling fancy. About to pull out the masse. Drop the eight ball in passing. That's so passe. I'm getting nasty. You cannot put it past me. A mix between blasphemy and talk everlasting. Feeling like a masterpiece. Looking like a tragedy. Trying to get through another day full of savagery. Getting headstrong from working in the mess hall all hands on deck waiting for our next haul i need the rest got big plans to eject so feed the grass and keep off the kleenex i am interested in magic
1: because i am fascinated with psychology i love to learn about how people make emphasis on. How they draw conclusions, find patterns and information, and in particular, I'm interested in all that can go wrong. Uh, How an individual can be led astray when certain cognitive vulnerabilities are exploited.
0: spaces.